The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. Will you pray with me? Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, our strength and our salvation, our light and our refuge. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. When I was a little boy, I joined the swim team. And if my best friend Glenn was there, I always got third place. Because Glenn was faster than I was, and so was another boy from another team. But sometimes, preaching up here and standing right here on the edge reminds me (laughs) of standing on the starting block for swimming, toes curled right over the edge, ready to launch into the message. And on today, it's a message that deserves that launching into skip and sing for its jubilee. (laughs) Oh, come on, (laughs) y'all. Come on. Somebody's sitting there. You see, on today we find out, you remember several weeks ago, Pastor Severio mentioned to us that God is crazy about us. Today we find out just how crazy God is about us. Let's turn our our thoughts to this passage from Luke chapter 4. Jesus is at the beginning of his public ministry. He, he's, he's been around the neighborhood, neighboring towns, preaching and, and teaching in the synagogues, as is his custom. Word about him is beginning to bubble up and spread. And we encounter him at his hometown. I mean, you got to remember that these people watched him finish what would be public education for in our day at Torah school, and that at some point in time, he wasn't in the top part of his class. So instead of moving on to commentary about Torah and prophets, he started working. Maybe he made it that far, but, but at some point in time, he was, um, I think the official way to say that he failed to matriculate to the higher levels of education. He went to work for his dad in the carpentry shop. I mean, they remember that he wasn't the top student in the class, so that he went on to vocational education. And and, and they remember that he was a teenage boy. I mean, nothing wrong with being a teenage boy if you're a teenage boy. I was a teenage boy once. Some days I hadn't graduated. 
but it begins with these words. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit. The power of the Spirit is the fuel and the force of all ministry in the name of Jesus. We, we can try to do many things because we are very gifted people. We can try to do ma- many things because we can be very educated people, but, but unless we are moving in the flow of the Spirit, we're not doing ministry, we're doing something else. Might be good, but ministry in the name of Jesus always is in the flow and the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus shows up and, and, and he comes home to his home synagogue and, and it says, as was his custom. I like that. As was his custom. He was in the midst of his custom in the gathered body. He was one who came to reform and reshape. the present reality of a long, long tradition. And with this reading of Isaiah 61, now we got to know that that readings in that day are much like they are today. They followed a schedule. He didn't say, hey, let me have the scroll for Isaiah 61 and then pick out that spot and read it. No, he stood up to read, as was his custom. Any any male in in, in the synagogue over the age of 13 could stand up to read and interpret. Thankfully, we've come a long way, and any one of us can stand up to read. And, And these assignments to read were made before worship began. So each week as they gathered, they'd say, okay, who's going to read? Who's going to read from the law? Who's going to read from the prophets? Who's going to lead us in understanding what has been read. So he stood up to read, and they handed him the scroll that was to be read. And he turned it to the reading from that scroll on that day that was assigned to be read. There's the miracle, is that he showed up at his home gathering place, his home place of worship, on the day that this passage was assigned to be read. And so he read it, and then he sat down. He didn't, he didn't sit here. He sat down up here in the Moses seat. He sat down from the place of responsibility and authority. He sat down in the, while everybody else stood up. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Clarice is playing along. She stood up. <laughs> I didn't mean to disappear. Everything was okay. Choir gets worried when the pastor disappears. Everybody else was standing. Jesus sat down, and all eyes were fixed upon him. 
because they had grown up with this passage, this passage of prophecy that said, Messiah will come and make everything right. Everybody knew that it proclaimed Messiah. Everybody knew that it proclaimed, in their day, freedom from Rome. In past days, freedom from Assyria or Babylon, remembering freedom that was delivered from Egypt. So we sat down, and he said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've come to release the captives. I've come to bring sights to the blind, and I've come to proclaim the year of Jubilee. I had to look up the year of Jubilee. There are a couple of years in, 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 in Jewish law that are set as particular times. Every seventh year is a Sabbath year. And in an agrarian society, that's important because it says this in Leviticus 25, but in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of complete rest for the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. You shall not sow your field or prune your vineyard. Let it lay fallow. Let it be restored and recovered in its inner energies, in the soil all the way down to the smallest particles. Let nature be refilled and renewed. And then continuing in Leviticus 25, it says, you shall hallow the 50th year and you shall proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. You shall return every one of you to your property and every one of you to your family. The 50th year shall be jubilee for you. You shall not sow or reap the aftergrowth or harvest the unpruned barns vines, for it is a jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall only eat what the field produces itself. Jubilee. They longed for that year to be fulfilled because under the current economic structure, they couldn't realize that. It meant that all debts were canceled. It meant that anybody who had been sold off was returned home. It meant that family land was restored to the family to which it belonged a long time ago. It meant that relationships among people were restored as whole and healed. And not just financial debts canceled, but emotional and relational debts canceled as well. It meant that the people came together again as one, united as only they could be in this time frame. And they looked for that to be one day. And Jesus in their midst, said today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your presence. And we live on the fulfilled side of that story. Amen? 
We live on the fulfilled side of that story where relationships are to be made whole again. Where ownership is to be restored so that we understand more completely it is God who owns us, our very being. It is God who owns all of this, the very place that God has provided for us to worship. It is God who receives all that we bring and all that we are because we all belong to God. And this is how crazy God is about us. This is what God does. This is what God desires, that you and I would live in the wholeness of God's intended creation for us. Now, there are a couple of mistakes we sometimes make. And the first is to say that this jubilee means there won't be hardship or difficulty. There won't be struggle or trial. There won't be mistakes or missteps. There will be putting our hand to the plow of faithfulness to Christ means that we have to turn away and keep our eyes focused on the prize, and it means that there are going to be distractions on every side of us. And the more diligently we try to focus on the path before us, the more loudly the distractions are going to arise. That's normal. Stay the course, keep the faith. Stay focused. The other mistake that we make is that, is that sometimes we think Jesus did all this for, just for me and that I'm most important. And you can say it with me if you want. Once we come to faith, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about Christ and Christ's light and love that lives and shines in us so that I mean, after, after 18 and a half, almost 19 months, you know that I love the so that's. It's great to say all of this. God has done all of this for us. I'm always going to look for the so that. So that we might do the same thing for others. In, in, in Five Marks Sunday School this morning, Pastor Severio asked us to recall when we first became aware of being grateful. When we first became aware of cultivating an attitude of gratitude within us. He said, he said you may have grown up that way, always, always taught to be thankful. For me, it was coming to faith in Christ. In, in my mid-teen years, I began to understand that, that more than I could carve out of, of, of the life that I lived, some existence of, of, of safety and sanity, that, that God was already working in my life before I knew it was God working in my life. 
that God was already shining a light on the path before me. And, and as, as I look back, I, I couldn't see it always at the time, but as I look back, I mean, when, when Facebook happened, and then finally when I relented and joined that thing called the Facebook, I reconnected with some friends from junior high and high school in St. Croix. And one of them found out I was a pastor. She's a nutritionist. And so I said, hey, what do I do to get skinny? She said, John, it's easy. And I hate when people ask me this just because I'm a nutritionist. Eat less, move more. It's a simple plan. <laughs> I was like, thanks. Thanks, Doc. Appreciate that. She said, you're a pastor. I said, yeah. She said, uh, you know, I remember you as one who always listened to us. At lunchtime, at study hall when we were out and about, you were one who I, and I was like, wow, I didn't even know I was doing that. I didn't even know Christ and I was doing that. That is what it means to live into our intended purposes that God has created in us that we live and move and have our being in Christ and Christ's love and light shines through us and in us and we don't even know We don't even know that it's happening. We're just simply being us. And here's the beauty. Here's, here's the real beauty. Is that jubilee means that Christ's light is shining in me. Right? And jubilee is inside of me. Because what's on the inside has got to come out. And, and, and here's, here's the beauty of what God gives to us. Is, is that jubilee is on the inside of we. All of us shining and glowing and brightening on the inside so that it come, come out. As we celebrate light, we understand that God is shining on the inside, in us, and through us to shine around us and beyond us to shine to eternity. And who gave us this light? My God gave it to me. We're going to do a little reprise choir, my God gave it to me because we're going to let this light shine. My God gave it to me. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.